to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. So welcoming you today, this is Denise Richard, and uh, we're, we've got a very strong topic, uh, speaking to spiritual care in a climate of change. How I'm going to approach this is, you know, we'll talk as, as I generally do, which is go through some really sensitive material, but I'd like you to listen in here, take it easy, and I would like to hear from you if you have anything to, to, to ask. So the point here is that I want to have a dialogue of any of a sort at the end where you can bring in your thoughts if if possible. So you there's a phone number 1-888-346-9141. So I'm encouraging you to think about what I'm going to speak to. I'm going to speak first about the issue of spiritual care and then I'm going to weave it in on the second half uh, with the issue of climate change. So this uh, is really an important talk for me, and it's important for me for a few reasons. Spiritual care has been uh, something I've been passionate about and have been working with uh, for almost 30 years. And um, it's a it's a brand, you might say. It's a way of life. It's a it's a it's a conscious way of approaching life. So. Uh, the subject of spirituality uh, and the subject of climate change, to me, come he- come together on, on a certain platform in a certain way that I think you'll find interesting. I think you might see some truth for yourself. I hope you do. Um, it's a big subject, and I know that it's beyond us, and we'll each have a personal view, and I would not want it any other way. Yet... We all know the holding of this. We all feel it inside, that it's impacting us, and the importance of taking care, of spiritual care, in my, in my personal opinion, uh, in present day, as we face the big changes. So I'm going to open this and share with you some sensitive and personal uh, perspectives on it. Uh, I've introduced in earlier podcasts a way of care and an understanding that highlights uh, a process and a relationship to compassion. And I see this as a spiritual need, a need that everybody actually has in some way. Who Anybody who cares will have this need. Different degrees, different ways perhaps of experiencing it. This reflects a deeper understanding for me that spirituality is crucial in a healthy world. I introduced a few months ago Fires of Compassion as a way to support, um, a way of relating to the pain, to the deep hurt uh, that, we, that we experience in the physical world of trying to in, engage this life and as a way to open uh, to the love that we seek and that we need and that we care for in community. It's a common voice that searches for the greater way and as a need for help, as a need for support, as we face this formidable concern for security. 
So how we take this step and how we accept the responsibility that we have for the care we're going to need to bring, how we direct ourselves will promise to be effective if the way of compassion, if the way that you learn compassionate care is properly held. So this is the burden. As I see it, this is, we're inundated with classic stories and myths that will, that will happen, of what will happen, of what we should be doing to prevent the damage. This is the logo. It's like imprinted on us now. And we've become numb to the potential concerns. I know we want to care, but I feel a certain numbness in we can't sense our way. Uh, nor speak effectively uh, to dispel the deep terror that it brings up. So we now face the deadline and the headlines that make statements to the climate challenges and the emergency. So we've lit the fire. We can feel it burning. We see the red lights are now blazing. And now we have to make a way, a way of change, a discerning way of change to a discerning method that will help us to reprogram and reclaim and regenerate a relationship of health. So I sit here and I go, whoa, does that sound doable to you? And that is hard to answer. I want to say, yes, it is. In my heart, I feel it is, but I can certainly feel the pressure. I can certainly feel the, wow, that's a lot. So have you ever faced a situation where you mentally just go scared, where you numb out, um, too much stimulation, <laughs> uh, and too little experience to support your, your heart? In this work today, what I want to do is open a discussion about the possibility in taking a way of action that can make it easier that can help to displace the terror and provide new grounding. Now, that's a, that's a huge stride. And at the same time, I, I, I want to encourage you to think that not. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. I'm, uh, it's, it, this is classic information I'm going to bring forward. So it's not that we don't know it. It's, that it's how we want to relate to what we have already. So this isn't a promise of a typical kind. We can't prove that if we do this, that we'll claim the respect or the, even the results needed. The promise I offer is that if we take the right attitude and if we hope for communal attitude of respect at all levels of community, and I'm underlying the all levels of community, then the essence of spiritual care will hold. So why is this of importance when we have so many practical issues that dominate our world? We're continually being told, if we don't do something right now, and then I say, well, yes, I, I'm not negating any of that. It's that the concern for care, in my personal view, is not what we think it is. The care we provide, what care really is, starts on a very subtle level. It's a, it's, a, it's a much subtler approach. And it's an attitude, yes, it's a way of being, it's a way of thinking, but it's also a way of providing 
an energetic envelope that secures a way of relating. So if you think of the subtlety I brought, I brought forward, just simply the thought of, can you open your mind to what I'm speaking to? It's, I see care. I see the quality of care I'm talking about, that subtlety as crazy glue. One little tiny drop will bond us. Now, that's a really strong statement, but I've seen it. I know what happens in emergencies. So emergencies are powerful, aren't they? They push us to that subtle place of care. Recently, I've been paying paying better attention and surfing the net, looking to see how people are responding to concerns. I see, as most people now see in the media, and see more and more how one person can ignite a passion strong enough to open the doors for holding and caring. It's the common feel-good story. And you've heard it before. It starts with one person touched by a deep loss. And circumstances collide and deliver a tragic event. This, these, this, all this usually pushes us. And that one caring person can ignite a response or a strong plea for help. And soon there's a drive for care and circumstances shift towards the way of heart. So what's this what is this about? Why did I what why did this effort have an impact? Why did or how did and who's the agent here? So we know about care and we know that it works. So that I just highlighted we, we there's tons of feel good stories out there to prove to you that we're not going to speak on that value. What we don't have is a way of allowing care without the emergency. So if that person gets uh, you know, pushed to an edge, it's an emergency. They have to act. And on a personal level, they make a difference because they were pushed to that level. Now we're all being pushed. So the emergence, which is the action, the understanding behind emergency, is the way through. Emerging out of the conflict or out of the disconnection or emerging out of the pain or emerging out of the me, myself, and I. If we agree that emergence is important, then we look to resources. Look around, what are our resources? Our greatest resource in an emergency, is heart, compassion. Without it, we'll kill each other. We'll go, we'll go scared, we'll go crazy. Because our basic impulses are ignited, are lit, our fire's lit. So without that care, without that consideration, we can't hold. So spirituality is the blanket, and it will hold the way through as hard as allowed. So the view of, of a multi-faith work here is highlighted together because we're talking a country. We're talking a world. So we can't say my spirituality is better than yours. It's like we're here to ignite and to light a fire that's a mutual compassion, a mutual care banner. 
So if the power can have a way of holding, a way of caring that doesn't make it painful, then we can change. The work of doing this is not one person's burden. It's community that has to emerge. How do we make the agreement to hold when we can't agree on spiritual care? So what is spiritual care then? This is discussed within all spiritual models. Never have we been in a muddier situation for the knowledge isn't the problem. I don't need to define that for you. It's the lack of respect for those who have the knowledge. And I actually get very, very sad here. We have a lot of good leaders. We have a great leadership in spirituality. And without those who have the knowledge, we can't, we can't follow. Without the knowledge, we hold ourselves, without the knowledge, I'm sorry, I'm having a moment where I'm realizing that the power and the impact of what I'm saying means that we can't hold the greater whole. Because these are the people who are holding the bigger envelopes. So a climate of care, in my personal view, is possible with a clear choosing and holding, period. With education, the sharing of knowledge. That's a value. I look back or in, v- in review to a few podcasts earlier, I spoke about the power of compassion from different vantages. And I shared stories that highlighted this deep intelligence and the development of heart that we learn through practice. It's a practice. And these people know the way. They've been practicing. That's what they do. And I brought about a delicate knowledge that compassion isn't the sensitive, blissful kindness. And it's a very, very strong statement. It is. There's part of it there. Kindness is definitely part of compassion. But if we stip only on that tiny little pinprick, then we're going to lose our footing. It's a big envelope. Compassion is a huge envelope. And I've walked and talked and held many people in that envelope. I brought about this knowledge and spoke about how there are spiritual traditions that demonstrate with thousands of years of trade and service how this is the one power that will secure. This is the formidable power. I talk about it like the little tugboat. I've seen it pull me through horrible horrible, horrible situations because I look upon the world and I think, like many, there's not enough care to pull us through. And then I see the power of compassion. I think we have to go there. So compassionate care holds a range of support is what I've spoken to. And I love to explore that part because that's where we grow on the edge of exploration Compassionate care is a way that emerges and lifts with the passionate need for holding. Like the power of motherhood. Have you ever seen that? 
take over and really change things. It will elevate. It brings the heartfelt bond. With respect, the power of compassion will place a passionate hold for security. So like many, I face the obvious, how mainstream culture isn't involved in compassionate care. And I look to know, do, how do we want to know? I, I, I don't see as I would love to see. I do look to see how we can speak to this. That I will continue. I will open the, the gate and I will continue to ask the question. And that's where we grow. If a person or a community doesn't have a way of experience with compassionate care, there won't be interest and there won't be growth. This isn't easy, but yet it is the truth. So I'm going to pick it up here a little and say that I've witnessed through the many forms of media how people speak to pain and suffering, to experiences well beyond a range of health, and we know this. It's often too much for people to go into the and see what's on, on, on the media. It's really intense. So the issue of need and compassion become muted after a while. And, and it's important to highlight this, that when we're continued held without a way of care, because we can't, we can't act. Have you ever seen yourself mute that button when somebody's speaking because it's just too much or you have too many things going on? The influence of a speech muted. I've seen it. I've seen myself do it because it's just too much. The, the statement is too strong. That's what sensitivity does to us. And yet I don't want to lose my sensitivity. I want to care. So these are the edges we come to. So there's a fatigue I'm talking to. And the repeated expression for need and help, the senses become dull. This is an energetic influence. So when we need but can't speak and we see but can't act, it's very, very difficult. So I'm highlighting what I see are the main energetic barriers to caring. We have technology and we receive more information in detail than ever. And we know, and we now have the employment and those of service to care. So I don't see that that's the issue. What I want to do with this podcast and what this podcast wants to do for you is to offer maybe the grounding or the information to take the issue at hand. So the work of this podcast is to help you take the initiative and learn how to work with the value of care in a spiritual way. So I'm asking you to take a big breath here. I'm not going to bombard you with more of that heaviness. This is really the one thing we can do for each other is help let it go and hope to learn how to care together. So if it starts with you, and I say, well, okay, let's think of a way to speak that will hold a way of care that you can take care of. 
Take a breath. If you learn to work with kindness, compassion, and the different stages of growth that that might bring to you, you can learn to grow. And we can do this together. Then the field of heart will extend in service to all, and those who are working at that level will be able to find a better reach. So this is the ancient way of health management. So what holds this issue? What do we know that can help place this in a way of action that we respect and can help others form a community of care? When we look to the issue of compassion, we will need to see if we have the ability to open our hearts. Yes, this isn't new. If we can't open the heart, you will not make one ounce of change in your way of care. Sorry. The power of evaluation is yours. If you want it, you can grow. If you don't want it, you can't. So what we want to change is, how about we take this to the maximum place of heart so that we can make a bridge? If the place of heart is really delicate, then there needs to be another way of holding. The place of heart has to have security in some way, in some sensitive way. So what I mean by that is if this is too much, then get get help, get support. But what I'm hoping for today is that you'll be touched enough that you'll consider the goodness within you and the way that you can approach this. And I'm going to speak a little bit more to that. What we value is a currency of care, a way to remember, a way of respect for what we have. That's, I think, the biggest, biggest, I'm, I'm underlying that. If we continually recycle hysteria and bring care only through emergency, we lose the foothold of respect for the present. So we look to place of, to a place of holding that works. We recognize the way through is to change the way of action. If we value trade and can't give to the people who need, we will die. If we value trade and can't move it in a way with a currency of love, we lose everything. There's a degree of hopelessness here, and I'm sorry, but if we constantly face the same issue, we suffer. What I hope for is to open the issue and take the step by inviting you to understand and open your heart to what is valuable. I see people who do care. Can we have the help needed to place another way of action so that we can make a difference? If we go back 60 years, we see how the wholeness and beauty of compassion, how it secured countries. When was that? After the last war. Passion and heart have shown that we can make great strides in care. Let's hold a level of emergence and hope for the heart of our humanity together. When this becomes important, the value of care will be be seen again. The power of care will become our new way of work. This isn't uncommon. 
It's not uncommon when you forget. That's the way of a human being. In this country, health care is provided without effort. This is the love we're given. When you need help, someone is there to offer it. You know the way is important. So we live in this and we live with this awareness and yet also with a degree of disengagement. For this truth is not easy to bear and I know it and you feel it. Do we want to learn to reconnect and know the importance of holding our hearts with respect? So if we all have the needs, we all have the same needs. We all need food. We all need water. If we all have the water we need, then we're fine. But if we all have the water we need, do I care for the neighboring country? That is a really heavy question. A lot of people will say, I'm not sure I like this. So if my story isn't too bad, do I need to get hurt to make it important to help? Nobody wants to suffer. So to take away belief and hope is dangerous. This means we have nothing to gain. How do we reclaim these for a sense of wholeness? I encourage you to consider this by simply participating. Step into the circle. Take your stance If you gain by everyone gaining, then you learn to give. If we learn to give, we learn to offer our hearts. If we learn to offer our hearts, we learn to care. And if we learn to care, community will thrive. We all feel the bullet. When we see the lack of care and the lack of love in daily trade, those who follow this involve themselves in quiet danger. If we bury our heads and choose to say nothing, we are supporting wholeness, or are we supporting wholeness and care for allness, for all? So what I'm saying is if compassionate care holds to a clear statement and defining attitude to say no, we'll hold respect and help this way of work. Compassionate care involves the development of heart, and this includes empathy, but doesn't reject the good value of wrath. This purposeful, passionate way that says, no, I will not deny the truth. How many of you have witnessed your kids suffer because they aren't able to care? So we're going to be taking a break here. And I'm encouraging you to consider as I close it off for the next half, we want people to hold and love because the influence and the power of politics and trade cause us too much pain. So as we look at that, we're looking to see in spiritual care, we see the agent as a graceful experience that will show the way in all manifestation. What this means is if you mess up, you get to have the experience of losing your sense of wholeness and the experience of losing your humanness. Nobody is exempt. So spiritual care can provide the way back. In care, we see the possibility of allowing for the issue in another place of experience. So we're going to take a moment, take a breath. There's a little break coming up. So if you see that I'm talking about what's oppressing you, when the taker is 
not of heart, we look to the giver and ask for love. If you take the issue of care and bring it to this very sensitive way of work, what this can do, two possibilities. One, you can evolve and become a wiser agent, or two, I don't want to think about it. So we're going to take a break and see you in a moment. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting FiveBlossomGatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5blossomgatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. So welcoming you back, this is Denise Richard talking today on a very, very good topic of spiritual care in a climate of change. And I'm working through um, a lot of material here very, very quickly, in fact. And I'm uh, feeling very moved through the process of it. I'm encouraging you to consider that if we have time at the end, because I'm realizing that I still have lots to say, but I'd love to leave a little bit of time at the end so that we can maybe talk a little bit together at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. So I'm talking and I'm referring to a question of really who, who's leading because I'm asking us to consider those who do have knowledge around how to care and opening that envelope a bit. But I'm also looking to uh, more the political leadership, too, in a certain way. I was once involved in a spiritual care group that developed through a natural interest in spiritual models. And as a result, uh, the experience became kind of denigrating. And it's not an easy thing to talk about, but... um, I have had many years of service, and the work did grow, and in effect, um, and with uh, the care that everybody provided, uh, there was a sense of wholeness, um, meaning the whole group grew and allowed itself to um, heal. So I'm talking to that kind of experience today in a way, but on a bigger level in some ways. It was a great experience. Uh, the reason that things didn't turn out is that uh, what I didn't understand uh, is that in consciousness, the work was done. We had all assumed an understanding of spirituality in a, certain, in a personal way because it was multi-faith. Um, but 
unfortunately, it didn't hold uh, because the consciousness uh, needed to do something more. So with consciousness and willingness, uh, we need to open, is what I realized, what I learned, to the responsibility of care. Um, We suffered. Everybody suffered. I saw denial, and I saw certain ways of acting and reacting, and uh, I saw the lack of heart, and everybody kind of got harmed. And I would hate for that to be seen again in any way. But it was an experience. And if we take the usual path, the caring stride towards heart, uh, we work and we think we're going to achieve something because I'm caring. And this is where, this is the edge that, that's painful. Um, if we take the step towards a bigger envelope, uh, then we have more promise of care. So if I take my work to another level, then that's fine. But without others taking that same step, not much will change on a bigger level. We have to take ourselves into the next phase of that relationship. This is to say that we cannot allow the responsibility to those who don't have enough heart, really. We've created an issue with trade and spiritual care. And it's worth, I think it's worth mentioning anyways, and it's worth reviewing that if traditional spiritual models are respected and the way of spirit responsibility is set, then the way of compassion asks that those who know the way, those who have the designation and cultural respect be visibly known. So the currency of care will bloom when we no longer support the issue of spiritual care in trade for the sake of money. So there's the edge. We're pushing up against it constantly. So imagine what this would look like. My personal way of opening this and helping you with, okay, let's take a rest here and imagine together. I like to lighten things up here and say, I love blossoms. My podcast is Five Blossom Radio for a reason. Each of those blossoms is special to me. I love blossoms. I love blooms. It's an organic, it's an, It's a simple way of saying that I love the color of it. I love the, the smell. You can't match the scent of a bloom and you can't match the lightness or the beauty. It's far beyond our making. It's from beyond. So imagine if that's our garden that we are looking to create in a gardening way. We know the importance of cherishing the precious bloom. When it comes, it comes. When it's gone, it's gone. And without the blossom, we know that we aren't going to receive any fruit. There won't be any food. There won't be any honey. So my favorite blossom has many colors. I love the fact that we have many faiths that we have many ways of honoring spiritual care. And the wonder is that the blossom grows in a mysterious way, on a mysterious rhythm, of, on, a, on its own timeline, on a timeline that's way bigger than ours. And some bloom for a day, and some bloom for weeks, and some bloom at night, and some don't. And seldom does a bloom last for any length of time. It's temporary. That's our faith. So blossoms offer precious light and beauty and exquisite presence in a temporary way. And if you see yourself as the one, as a unique blossom in any way, 
as a source for kindness that wants to grow, as one called upon for care, your respect for this mysterious power that's going to take you will sustain a field of heart, a field of care that held through the process for, of, you know, with your consideration. We can't force the, fo- the flower to bloom. So as we approach this issue of climate change, we cannot force the care. But we can allow it. We can encourage it with the correct climate. I call it a climate of care. So even then it's beyond us since the influence of a community can destroy the precious garden. I've seen it. I've seen gardens be destroyed by community. So here I highlight how five blossom gatherings is here in service. And the service is practical and from an ancient source. So if interested, please visit my site at fiveblossomgatherings.com. The offer is open. I invite you to simply consider even an introductory program. So I'm moving on here and I'm taking the step towards the process to engage and to understand with you that change, that this can change the course of your life. To consider the way I'm thinking, the way we work is important. So I'm offering that we move forward and with a compassionate focus consider the issue of now of climate change. We're gathering now and look to a way that is inclusive with those who engage spirituality with respect and those who look to help us with the politics. How do we mutually approach such a strong and overwhelming concern for our survival? When I first developed Five Blossom, I was actually on this edge, the same edge, because I told you I have had experiences of trying to grow that big envelope and going, ooh, that didn't work. And I was interested in care, and I extend to you and help support your distinct spiritual growth. This is practical. This is important. So if we don't make the effort to reach out and stretch the envelope for that greater way of relationship, we can't interface spiritual care with politics. That was my point. I've outlined three important questions. One, where's your heart? So usually, I'll I'll be honest, it usually reflects your health. So if your health is really bad, there's something of heart that needs to be cared for. Two, where's your relationship with care? This sensitivity you have, this will sensitively reflect your ability to serve. Three, where's your relationship with those who serve at a higher level? So along with these three is a three-tier ladder that can give you grounding if you follow those steps. As we approach big issues, we have three, three tendencies, or more than three, but let's say I'm going to highlight a few and see if you fit in here. These are basic. We know what survival looks like. Some people will flare and fight, others will freeze and hold, and others will deny. Many will instinctively say, well, what's the point? 
What's the hope? Our way with survival will involve spiritual care, no matter what. Nobody will fight you here. It's hard. But do you want to survive or do you want to grow? Nobody can give hope. Believe it or not, you can inspire. I can make you think about it. But hope is actually from your own way of being. We give this to ourselves by looking straight, straight at ourselves and taking a gentle step forward. Finding a way that has meaning implies that we have something to give. So let's consider that this is a way of, that that this way of giving is yours. That it's your interest, that it's your responsibility. And I hope if hope is the one thing nobody can give you. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. And you want to live in a clean environment without violence, with good people, then we open the way. We start with basic mindful steps and with respect and understand that if we open the mind, take the breath, take the stance, make the statements, I'm asking you to open to participating in your own care. So your creativity here and your empowerment are really at stake. The experience I went through when I first held that you know, created that spiritual community long ago was really hard on me. I wasn't aware that some people really don't care. And that was the biggest kick. I chose to look at the value of heart and to consider. I didn't leave my hope behind or my ability to care. There's growth in making mistakes and there's growth in even failing. And I learned a lot about spiritual care and how it isn't easy to hold. So there's freedom here. I, and please, I'm, I'm encouraging you to claim it. You're the agent for change. You have a right to exist. You have a right to be compassionate. You have a right to care. And you have a right for a way of communication that can be respected. All this is your right. So if I say, I'm allowed, I'm allowed to grow, and I'm allowed to change in a way of relating I am allowed to learn about the issues of climate change. Then maybe that will change how climate change is addressed if each one of us takes that stance. I can then consider new possibilities and consider that thinking is going to be beyond the box because we don't know where we're going. We just know that we need a bigger envelope. So we're looking outside of the usual way. And it begins with each one of us. What I'm saying is that I do care and won't disrespect or misdirect my issue here. If we want to care, we have to show that we have the energy. Where's that going to come from? You're going to have to build it. We have the consciousness and the support to be able to find a common way of engagement. If the work isn't of your liking, then get out. And I'm really firm here and putting my, my, my little hand down on the table here gently and saying what we want is to help those who care. That's a promise that if we care together, we want to help each other. That's the way it goes. That's the creative process. 
If you give a child a pack of crayons and say, I care about what you draw, that child will hand you that piece of paper and say, that's for you. It goes one way and it goes the other. So those who care have the right to freedom and a right to grow in wholeness and support. So we all hear the screaming of sirens. We're back into climate change here and there's an emergency. We're told over and over again, if we place the power on those who do not have the ability to care, we'll lose our value. It's really important when it comes to climate issues. We hope to make change and know that if someone comes up with a great plan, we can survive. We know there will be good ideas. We know we have intelligent people working for us. And we know that those ideas will need a lot of help. But that's not the wholeness part, is it? The wholeness part is our loving care. So for those who love to participate and love to gather, I want you to imagine this with me. You know, if you think about gathering and you think about the most common, the first thing that comes to mind for me are sports, stadiums, soccer, football, huge gatherings, crowd, the insanity of millions singing an anthem, or singing for the joy of hoping together. It's a joy to gather. It's a joy to collectivity, to, to know collectivity. Nobody's trying to deny the truth here of what we're facing. This is real. Can we look to the concerns and pray that you can at least care that much? At present, the only claim we have is that we're able to see the future. And we know that if we can care, we can hold. If we allow for those who do not have insight, energy, or heart, we're going to suffer. If we allow for our hearts to be held, we will grow, we will regenerate. So in essence, there's a new stride coming in. It's a dance. And that dance, what can we expect from it? What can we expect if we allow the stride to change? Two or more possibilities, as I see it, we'll have to pay close attention to our usual way of responding and taking action. If we've engaged a way that doesn't care enough, we're not holding ourselves properly. If this change in stride brings care, we will bring forward unusual expressions, personally and collectively. I remember an elder sharing... Oh, wow, that was a, a long time ago, but I remember an elder sharing that if I change my pace and quietly take care, those who don't like my way will get really, really reactive. My work is to allow for the display and not play into disregard. If I'm clear that I will not engage in violence and I hold with care, the dance of change will hold. Are we willing to hold our stance with care together? When we work on a value that we share, we may have to shift our way of looking at value itself because the code is so strongly imprinted. Take, for example, how we make a living. 
What drives us to live outside our means is not a value. What is a value is that we consider how to bring ourselves to care so that we can live with respect and with enough heart to give to community. We live in an age of selfie. The selfies, the selfies, the selfies. It says a lot about looking right, doesn't it? Looking good. What's that going to give us? So the Zen of living here gracefully is simplicity, is heartfelt simplicity. So let's take a moment, take a breath, and look at progression. How do we progress in a climate of fear? If we cannot, if we can't, without a good way of leadership. What touches us or makes that genuine impact on us is of heart. What impacts us is meaningful, so we got that. But it's also what impacts us is usually what's in service. So in service to what? If we want to enjoy our life, we cannot live in a way that is disrespectful to ourselves. So I know many who are not able to serve. You ask them, you know, have you ever served? No. Have you ever volunteered? No. So we're driven in a way by values that are actually oppressing us. And we'll never know how to give or be able to cherish the value of compassion and community without taking a look at that. When oppression is upon us, we know that someone is taking benefit. Somebody's taking and making it their own. We're not being given the power to be powerful people if we're feeling oppressed. So this reflects that old children's story, that old fable. I believe it's one that will speak to you. It reflects that uh, we don't, work together and we don't live together and it, it it's it's that saying that if you don't learn to share your toys when you're in kindergarten you're not going to do much better when you're an adult so the old story has no value in our world the one that doesn't respect us that doesn't support regeneration so those who can listen, those who can hear, will consider this shift of storyline. What's of value is regeneration. When considering change, we usually take stock, or at least, or very least, take an assessment of the situation. There was an elder who sang, and she's a very beautiful song, powerful song. She delivered with full heart, simply put, she dedicated her words in a way that would imprint upon my heart. And these words were simply, the earth remembers, it receives all imprints. Place upon her your offering. May you walk in beauty. May you live in heart. Her trade was caring. So this world looks dangerous without the graceful voice of those who know. For those who need to remember, we can't review the last thousand years 
we can only review the life we live. So if we want to review the way of that spiritual and climate interface, we look to show to, to how trade interfaces and we see. So I'm actually running out of time here. I wish that I had a little bit more time. But I wanted to finish off with this. A year ago, I was offered to work with a portion of land that would serve as a garden. With This was with respect to those who knew that we would build the garden, but we would have to rebuild it in a regenerative way because the land, the soil, wasn't good enough. Many have never heard the terms regenerative garden, but what it means is that we had to look at the soil and treat it kindly so that it could produce. We adopted the way of ancient care and have built layers with crops and other means, and the work will continue over the next while, but the mystery is that it's regenerating. The soil is, is growing, it's healing, it's miraculous. This beautiful piece of land will produce food for our community in the future, and it's a generous offering to all. For this gorgeous soil to flourish in goodness, we need water. We use this means. Without this, we can't. And if we go into ancient systems of agriculture, we see that the old cistern style, the water catchment, provides the needs for this garden to grow. I'm looking to you and I'm saying that if we look back, we see that our ancestors, our forefathers, knew how to take care. And we have the technology. And that's a big part of it. If we open our hearts together, it's the butterfly effect. The joy of giving back with awareness will get bigger and bigger. Especially if we do it together. When we know that the earth is capable of regenerating, we know that we have the potential for the change to come. What regeneration can offer us is the understanding that we have the tools and the technology. What we look to is whether we want the collective power to love again. So because our time is up and I won't be able to hear your comments or questions, I'm encouraging you to email me at fiveblossomgatherings at gmail.com. I'm encouraging you to share and to connect in and to hold each other and consider Five Blossoms as a friend. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.